Hello? Is everybody there? Some's here, but not here. Hopefully you'll get here before the service is over. Well, 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 is he a good, good father? Why don't you give a hand to the good, good father? <laughs> Hallelujah. That's just who he is. That's just who he is, and that's who we are. We're loved by him. What a blessing that is. Praise the Lord. I just want to make a couple announcements. First of all, um, I, I don't know if you noticed, we changed the volunteer date. It was on the 4th. We changed it to the 12th. Does anybody know why? Very good. Super Bowl. Uh, bad planning on my part. At first, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then um, somebody told me it was the Super Bowl. I said, there ain't no way. I'm going to try and get the church to come to a voluntary thing during the Super Bowl. Are you crazy? Come on now. So we're going we're gonna to skip that date. We're going to go to the next week afterwards. And I'm very excited about it because what we're going to do is get people Everybody that want, does anything in the church, that wants to do anything in the church, we're going to gather and have a, a kind of a meal outside first and hang out, fellowship, then we'll come in, we'll talk a little bit about the ministry, it's nothing big, but it's just a sign up, if you want to be a leader, if you want to uh, be uh, step up a little bit, and even if you're in those positions, you want to go even higher, because we, we'd like to have more leaders, the better, because... Uh, we could switch. Don't have to everybody do everything every Sunday. Does that sound better? Does that sound good? Are we going to go to work? Go ahead. Somebody say work. I said last week it ain't a dirty work. It's a good work. Jesus said I must work while it's light for the night cometh when no man can work. Come on. We have light right now. We have a society right now that we could work and do that. So we're excited about that. And then also, I wanted to let you know that the Daniel fast that um, some of us have started already, and I know there's people that have not been to the training, and there's people that are still fasting, that are going to be fasting, even if you didn't go. But I want to let you know on this Wednesday when we celebrate, we're still having a congregational prayer, so you're more than welcome to come, even if you got to give you the grace to fast or you didn't fast, and that's all right. You're still welcome. It's not just a little secluded thing it's open for the congregation and if you do want to fast over there on by the prayer sign there is two different um lessons that we did you could take those in, uh, with you this week and you could still fast even if you haven't fast guess what three days so wednesday man you guys are so excited about not eating yay three days you could go on a three-day fast you don't have to go on the 12 day or the 10 day or the seven day you could go on a three-day fast, and there will be some uh, information there. And then if you want to know more about the lessons, we, it is recorded on, uh, you could go to our podcast at uh, SalemFirst.com. There's two different lessons that are on there right now, so that if you want to just uh, get up uh, abrupt on it and then maybe do a fast for those three days, because it's very important. I believe that God's going to move in a powerful way for us. Anybody excited about that? You excited about God moving? I always say, I, I, I don't like fasting. I hate it. But I love the results. When we pray and we fast and we deny ourselves, even as um, Caleb was saying, uh, when you lose yourself, then you'll find yourself. And I believe that as we fast and pray, God's going to help us and give us the grace to do way above what we were expecting and believing. So, 
I did want to just go to a portion of Ezra, because we were talking about Ezra last week, um, because I'm, I'm, we're going to get to Daniel, so I'm not Daniel, excuse me, Nehemiah, somebody say Nehemiah, we're going to get to that brother, I like him man, he's cool, he's tight, he had a cool job, think about it, he was a cupbearer, and he got to sat with the king, hang out with him, and just be a part of him, fellowship, get to know him, and eat the king's food, and, and be in the king's music, and the king's entertainment, but he was a cupbearer, and if you know what a cupbearer was in those days, what it was was a man that when before the king drank whatever he drank, Nehemiah got to drink it first. Not because he wanted to see how it tastes. He wanted to know, the king wanted to know if it was poison or not. How would you like to have that job? A lot of good benefits, but guess what? If they're trying to kill him, guess what? You're the first one to go. So you don't want to drink their poison. But Nehemiah did that, and, he, and God moved in a powerful way. But it happened through fasting and prayer and seeking God how God moved. But before Nehemiah's time, before they built the walls of Jerusalem, they had to work on the temple. And I talked about last week how um, Ezra came to build the temple. And when he did that, um, it was it was the first and most important part. And that's the same way in our lives, our temple, the temple of God. The Bible says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? See, when you ask Christ to come into your heart, he doesn't come in physically, does he? He's going to stay up in heaven. He's going to be on the throne. But his spirit is going to come into your body. The Bible says this. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open that door, I will come into him and sup with them and hang out with them. That's what he's going to do. So that's a very important part about taking care of our temple. Because we, you know... Uh, we can have we could have a problem. We could just be, you know, just going to church, doing the church things, and that's a wonderful thing because you know what I, you know, being a pastor, I do like you to go to church. I really do want you to come to church. That's good. I want you to invite people to church. I think that's an awesome thing, but I don't want you to just be in the church and not have a relationship with God. That then then I would be like, I I fought this fight in vain. To see people just come and just to fill the pews, to sing he's a good, good father, to pay your tithes and do all these things and not have a relationship with Jesus. You remember, and I'm going to get I'm going to get to Ezra because there's a there's a very important part in there as he fasted, but I'm going to I'm just I'm chit chat with you a little bit. Is all right. You guys don't mind chit chatting. I know a lot of you do that anyway. So come on. you be chit chatting all the time. Right. So I'm just talking to you, and the, the thing is this, is that it's so important, Jesus said when he, you remember Nicodemus came to Jesus at night in John chapter 3, he said, look, behold, you've got to be a man of God. There's no way God could do miracles and do the things that he's doing in your life without him being with you. And Jesus didn't say, yeah, look at me, I got, I got miracles, that's, that's part of my swag. No, he didn't say that, did he? He said, no, he said he, he got to the very important point of the matter. Now, Nicodemus was a Pharisee of a high end where, where they were scholar. They knew the scriptures like you couldn't even tell. We think people here today are theologians. Man, memorize the book of Deuteronomy. Come on, what kind of theologian is that? Memorize Leviticus. Man, that's even hard to say the name. 
But he, he was a man, a scholar, but he had a heart. He knew that some reason that, that God was with him, and he wanted to know how was Jesus come about. And Jesus didn't say anything about himself. He said, listen, Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot enter in the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus, being the scholar that he is, he's like, uh, uh, let me figure this out. Mm. I got to go back in my mom's womb. Uh, how you do all that? He said, no, marvel not that I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot enter in the kingdom of God. He said, whoever's born of the Spirit is like this. It's like the wind comes. You don't know where the wind came from. You don't know how it came, but it comes. And when that wind gets you, guess what? When it's said and done, you know when a windstorm is, don't you? We've seen some windstorms this year. We've seen them before. I remember when I first moved to New York, Hurricane Gloria came. Anybody ever remember those days, Hurricane Gloria? It was a while back, 80s, in the 80s. Some of you young people wouldn't know that, but I don't even know if you was born, but hey. But I'm, I'm in New York, brand new in New York, helped pioneer a, a, a church in New York, and I, a, a storm hits called Hurricane Gloria, and I'm like, God, am I out of the will of God or what? You know, sometimes when God leads you and directs you into a place, you think because there's a storm, you might be out of the will. But guess what? You're not out of the will. Just stay with God. Don't worry. He's going to make a way. Then not long after that, there was an earthquake. And I'm like, are you sure I'm not in the will of God? I'm laying in bed, and it's going like this. I'm like, what in the world? Is that a subway underneath this? I'm in New York. Nope. It was, an er it was an earthquake, a light one, but hey, enough to get my bed rolling and make me thinking about, hey, is this God or not? So, when you, so anyway, so what happened is that uh, we... Uh, you don't, Nicodemus himself needed to know, and Jesus said, whoever's born again is like the wind. It comes and you don't know where it came from, but one thing you know when it's done, it, it has made its place. And this is what I say about being born again. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's no way you could be the same person. This is the time you say Amen. It just can't happen. When God blows on your life and Jesus Christ comes in, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead comes into your body, there's got to be a change. There's got to be a change. You know the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, if any man be in Christ, what happens? He's a new creation. Those old things pass away. And guess what? Behold, look it out. Check it out. Everything becomes new. I remember when I first became a Christian, my family was like, it was like, man, you needed to get saved. They're like, man, you was bad, you needed to get saved. I'm like, uh, don't we all? Don't we all got to get saved? You know that the Bible says there's none righteous, no not, no not, one. All have sinned and come short to the glory of God. We all need a Savior. And so Jesus Christ told this man, even though he was religious, he had the form of religion, he was a godly man, but he said, look, it's beyond the religion of your mind, it's a spiritual experience where God comes into your life and drastically changes your life. You're born again. Hallelujah. How many have been born again in here? 
I'm like, look at a bunch of born-again people over here, man, Christians. I like hanging out with you guys. Born again. And see, when Jesus Christ comes in, what happens? He changes your life, and the Spirit of God is in your life, and you love people that you might never love before. Ain't that true? I don't understand how God could uh, have, have a conversation with somebody I'd never known before, and my heart feels love and passion for that person. Why? Because you're born again. You're not of this world, but you're of a different world, and Jesus Christ dwelling in you. Paul said, the love of God constrains me and pushes me forward so I could love him. Amen. So the born again part is very important. Very important. You know, as we fast on one of the ends of the, uh, the fast, it has a prayer list, and on the end of the, the prayer list, it talks, I talk about, um, uh, you know, we pray, we, and you can actually, like when you get those things, it shows the prayer list, and you guys can pray. Even if you don't fast, pray the prayer list. Come on now. And so um, here's, here's what it says at the end of the fast, I mean on the prayer list. It says that we should, as we pray, we got to realize usually when you fast and you truly seek God. See, there's a difference between just fasting, doing the religion. But if you are pouring your heart out to God and you're saying, God, I want to see the world change, the list is I want to see the nation I want to see fire and revival. I want to see a change in the youth. I want to see the body of Christ come together. I want to see unity. I want to see outreach. I want to see workers and servants. You know, there's a difference between just a worker and a servant. You ever notice that? Because if somebody's working and it ain't in their heart and they ain't serving, don't mess with their area, right? This is my job. Bro, I'm just trying to help them. That's all. I ain't trying to do nothing. That's a worker. But if it's a servant, it's like, hey, this is all for Christ. It's all for him. It ain't for me. It ain't, I'm not building my kingdom. I'm working in his kingdom and being a servant. So anyway, but then at the end, we we're going to be praying for uh, discipleship too, where we're praying. Uh, what I pray, and this is my prayer, is that by September of next year, we will have a nine-month discipleship program, intense discipleship for people that want to go to the next level in Jesus Christ, who want to discipline themselves, serve in the kingdom, and, and be and help them to start fulfill the vision and the dream that they have. How many want to uh, believe that God's going to do that for us by next September? I got two hands, three, four, auction, five, no. Amen. It'll be a commitment. It'll be counting the cost. Jesus said, no man follows me except they count the cost. There's a price to pay. It ain't all about, oh, save me, Jesus, and now I'm free, and I do everything that I want to do. It's about being a disciple of Jesus Christ, being a true follower. You know, they, those, those guys were crazy. They were fishermen, and God said, follow me. Guess what they did? They dropped everything they had and went and followed Jesus. But I guarantee you, not one of them regretted it. Not even G Judas probably regretted. He regretted what he did afterwards because he committed suicide from it. But he did not regret following and paying the price and following Jesus. Then at the end of the, um, the prayer list is this. Is we, want to, we want to be able to, as we pray, and this is, I believe, this is why I say, if we truly seek God and truly have a heart towards God, and I know that some, if you're visiting and, you know, and, and you're not at this level and you whatever, but I'm talking to the body of Christ here, and you could definitely be a part of it and do it too. But to really make a commitment towards God, 
when you do that, what happens? God will, will examine your motives. God will check your heart. Every time, if you look through the fastings of Ezra and the fastings of Daniel, the fasting of Nehemiah, every time the fastings of David, every time they fasted and prayed, there was a place of where God would show them the need of repentance and change in our hearts. And one of the things that God will deal with our hearts is motives. What is our motive? Why do we do things in the church? Why do we do things around the house? Why do we do things outside? Why do we do things? What is our motive? Is our motive pure? Is it honest? Is it just? And then also he'll check our pride. You know, pride's a big one, ain't it? You know, pride, pride's what, you know, pride's pretty bad because guess what? It turned an angel into a devil. Let me say it again. Pride turned an angel into a devil. How'd that happen, Andrew? Well, one of the, uh, Luth, uh, Lucifer, who was a shining star, who thought he was as high as most high, he started lifting himself in pride, and it turned him to a devil. And Jesus said, I saw Satan as lightning, boom, kicked out of heaven like a football. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you, but hey, that's how Jesus said it. It's like lightning. Imagine him getting kicked out of heaven. Woo! Like lightning because of pride. God wants to deal with our pride. And, not, and pride is a sneaky thing, too. Sometimes it'll get on us, and we don't even know what's up. But you know what? One thing about when we have pride and we don't know it, guess what? Guess who else knows it? Y'all know it. You can see it. Help us, Jesus, to look at our hearts and our apathy. We need to care about people. We need to care about what's going on in our community. I was at a very, very sad funeral yesterday. A 17-year-old young man from McKay High School shot and killed for no reason. 17 years old. Uh, I'd never seen him before, but I cried and weeped. To know that the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy, to destroy people's lives. Young people that have no reason. Not everybody's a gang member. Not everybody's a bad person. Not everybody's a drug addict. There's just good people out there getting hurt and sometimes killed because of the enemy. We need to be sensitive to that. You know, we've just celebrated the, the, um, you know, the certain amount of years of the Holocaust. And the reason why the Holocaust was so bad and got so bad is because people just said, that's not my job. That's not my heart. You know, those are people way over there. And millions of people died because of apathy. Think about it. God help us. I know we're not that way because we're Salem first, right? And if we, do, if we are that way, when we pray and seek God, God will point to our heart and touch the compassion in our heart where we could truly love people and make a price and to pray, to seek God, to give of our finances, to give of our talents, to give of our labors, and to do that. Amen. And then we want to be careful about integrity. Integrity is a crazy word. Integrity, you know, integrity is, um, here's what integrity is. When you go home, because all of us can look good in church. Do I look pretty good today? I can look like a Christian. Let me, wait, 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 let me be even better. I'm going to be a good Christian here. But if I go home, 
And my disposition or my heart and my attitude and my actions are different than what I am in church? That's not integrity. Integrity is what you, when you do what is right when nobody's watching. That's why we're really building up the men's ministry, trying to work with them and trying to help them. Because we want to be people of integrity and righteousness. Amen? Now, let me get to this scripture real quick. I'm not going to keep you long. This will be an in-closing scripture. You ever heard of those? I've heard of five points in closings. Are you waiting for one? Somebody say, yeah. No, somebody say, no. Somebody say, hmm. I don't know about all that. <laughs> Help us, Jesus. That's what I say. Help us. Okay. Where is that Bible? Where is that? Okay, here we go. Somebody say amen. Okay. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Okay. Now here's, here's um, Ezra. When he, he has in his mind, he has the favor of God to be able to move back to Jerusalem and to work in this, this um, temple. And I know and there's a Psalms 137 where it said that the enemy, when they captured the Israelites, they told them, sing that happy song. Sing that song about Israel. Make that jam about Israel. And, and he said, I would rather have my arms lame and, and my tongue cleave to my mouth to sing about a city that's destroyed and hurt. They had a passion for Israel. They had a passion for Jerusalem. And so anyway, God gave them favor through the king of all these possessions. And, and if you read what they, they gave them with, they gave them 750 pounds of silver of articles, 7,500 pounds of gold, 20 bowls of gold equal to the value of 1,000 gold coins, and articles, um, uh, fine articles of polish and all this they gave them, and, and, uh, and bronze. And so what happened is Ezra, he was... He's going to go down this road. The king gave him favor, but it says that he was ashamed to ask. He was ashamed to ask the king for the guard. He said, you gave me the gold, you gave me the silver, you gave me all this. But he was embarrassed to say, can you protect us? Why? Because he, because uh, let's read it right here. It says right here. It says that, um, for I was ashamed to ask for the king's soldiers, horsemen, to accompany me and to protect us. From the enemies along the way. After all, here's what we told the king. Our God's hand protects us on all who worship him. He has fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. And so you know what he did? Because he found out, because he already told it to the king and he didn't give him nothing. He's like, man, if I go back and tell him I need your help, it's like, I, what I said about God ain't true. Guess what? If you go out on the limb for God, you say God's going to do this great thing. Guess what? I believe God's going to help you and he's going to help you be able to get to the place that he called you to be. And so what happened is that it said that uh, because he was afraid, he said, so we prayed earnestly to our God to take care of us. And guess what it says? And he heard our prayer. Why? Because he fasted, he prayed, and he believed God. And then it says that um, they were, and along in their prayer, was they were praying against bandits along the way. Do you know there's bandits along the way as you guys want to serve God, as you want to do the purpose of God? There's, there's things that are always along the way. You could be doing the right thing, 
God protected him because he fasted and prayed. But if he didn't, let me tell you something. With that much loot, somebody heard about it. When you got money like that, gold like that, some bad boy is going to know about it. Somewhere a whisper is going to go out and they would have been robbed. But God protected them because they fasted. But he was careful for bandits along the way. And I, here's what I say are some bandits. Just things in our life, the cares of this life that stops us from really serving God. The cares in our life for the things that money, fame, they say the three G's, gold, girls, and glory. And for the women, it's gold, girls, gold, guys, and glory. How's that sound? These, these, these bandits are always trying to take us along the way. Jesus talked about a good Samaritan where he found this uh, man laying on the ground, halfway dead, halfway naked, hurting, and the, the bandits robbed him, stripped him of everything, and left him half dead. Do you know the enemy wants to lead, it's just like today when Rachel was saying uh, angels, and she said principalities is putting it nice, but it's demons. Kids, don't, don't get scared. But it's demons that try to steal and destroy the things that God's called us. We have to be so careful to, to watch in our hearts for bandits along the way. Sometimes bandits are good things. You know, it's sad when you see somebody, I know, I know of somebody who um, they took their kid and they trained them so much in gymnastics that they are, they are, they're at Olympic style of gymnastics and they're only like 12 years old. Hours upon hours upon hours, and I'm saying, that is so awesome because I love, you believe it or not, I was in gymnastics when I was a kid. Do I look like a gymnast? Except I didn't do that kind. I did the rings, pillow bars, and the pillow bars, and the horizontal bars. But the thing is, is when we let things get in our way, even skills like gymnastics, going for the gold. If we somehow lose Christ, Jesus said, what's it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What will a man give for exchange of his soul? I remember one time I was buying a car, and they, you know how you, when they, they always put you in the booth, they're trying to take a long time and all that? Got a couple of people in there. It's not like uh, the Wilsonville. They don't do that. No bow. But most people do bow. And I was in there, and this guy was a nice guy, but he's sitting there taking a long time, and, and I told him about Jesus, and I told him about, I made the, the hollow place, here's man, and here's Jesus, and there's a space between us. And I said that if all these different things get in front of us, the cars, the things, I said, all those cars out there are not worth your soul, bro. And so I drew the diagram out, laid it out to him, praying with him. He's like, dang, we have a church in here. And then I go, look, you said you can't come to church on Sunday, but guess what? You're in church. Just trying to show, because occupations. That's why I do want to someday, in Salem First, have a, a church service on Saturday night. How's that sound? Oh, not too excited, but hey, you know, the reason why is this. To do more work? No, that ain't why. Because there are some people who truly work on Sunday. We should be able to provide a way for people that are trying to... Uh, escape the bandit, but they're surviving in life, and give them an opportunity where they can get fellowship with God. I don't see nothing wrong with that. Amen. 
That don't mean all y'all have to go to church three times on sun, you know, Saturday and Sunday. You don't have to do that. But it's nice if you're going to go camping or you're going to go picnicking on Sunday. You could go to church Saturday night and then just say, I, I worshiped already, and it's fine. I mean, you don't have to do that. Don't, don't, don't say, Brother Andrew, he's making us go to church on Saturday and he ain't going on Sunday. No, 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 no. I just want to provide, we want to provide opportunity for people to worship God in spirit and truth and to find fellowship, a true relationship with Jesus Christ at any given way. Paul said, I became all things for all men. Why? That he might win them. We're about winning souls. We're about winning people to Christ. And that is my closing statement. Let's stand. How many want to see Jesus glorified? Go ahead, give him a hand. Give the Lord a hand. The best way to glorify God, he said, here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. God wants us to be fruitful. Sometimes he's got to pluck it. I know when I, I have these rose bushes, I used to have these rose bushes, and I'd pluck it, and I'd be like gentle to it, like, man, I hope these things will survive. But they, the more I plucked it, the better they got. I got them, I said, okay, this year I'm going to take care of those plants. So I plucked them way, way down. I pruned them. Now, you know, if those, if, those, if those rose bushes could say something, you know what they'd say? Ouch. Wouldn't they? They would if they could say something. I mean, I, nobody could feel good getting all that. God does that to us too. He said, who's fruitful, I will pluck that they will bring forth much fruit. God wants us to be fruitful and he's going to do it. He's going to do it in our heart. With nobody looking uh, around, we want the musicians to come up, but with nobody looking around, I want to give an opportunity for you to pray for you if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Uh, so grateful last week, three people came up and gave their life to the Lord. Is that awesome? The Bible says there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one person that repents. Three of them came. So they was, they was up there having a party. They were shouting, man. They're getting their dance on. Well, today, we want to give you an opportunity. If you have not received Jesus Christ and you hear him knocking at your door to come into your heart, I want you to raise your hand. With nobody looking around, I want you to raise your hand and say, I want Jesus Christ to come into my heart today. Even if it isn't the first time, you say, hey, Brother Andrew, I've been straying, I've been going away, but guess what? God, the Bible says God's married to the backslider. He doesn't divorce you. He will always love you and always care for you. If you want to receive Christ today, if you want to receive Christ today, and say, Jesus, come into my heart, and I want to pay, count the cost and give my life to him, or you just want to rededicate your life today, I want you to raise your hand. Raise it high. Come on. God loves you, has a wonderful plan for you. One of the hardest steps to make is that first step to say, hey, Lord, I'm willing. Jesus called every disciple publicly. He didn't go in the closet and hide. There's no such thing as an undercover Christian. He said, we're the light of the world. Let our light so shine before men. If you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior today, I see the hand back there. I see, if you want to give your life to the Lord, 
What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you as a church, as a congregation, and I'll stay up here, and you want to come up to me and say, Brother Andrew, and my wife and I will be happy to pray with you and give you um, some, uh, get your information so we can connect with you and help you in this walk. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence today. We thank you, Lord, that you're here. We're so grateful, Father God. Let us be careful about bandits along the way so we don't get robbed of the great purpose and destiny that you have for every one of our lives. I thank you for every person here. I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit will touch their lives, and God, you will move continually in our hearts, and we thank you and give you the praise and the honor and the glory. And everybody say, amen. amen. God bless you guys. Have a good day.